Hello and welcome to Spring Office Hours, episode number 56, Spooky Spring. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. Uh, if you're just joining us, my name is Dan Vega, Spring Developer Advocate at VMware, joined by my colleague and good friend, Deshaun Carter. Deshaun, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I, I have spring running all over the place, uh, doing interesting things, and what a great day to be a spring developer. It's always a great day to be a spring developer. It is. <laughs> Today is spooky like spring, and you gotta you gotta have a little bit of. So for those of us joining us on the podcast, you can't see. Again, we do a live stream every Tuesday, three thirty Eastern. Deshaun has got a little spooky vibe going on. It's a little dark in there. I'm a little. If you had like a scary costume on, I'd be a little worried. <laughs> we probably should have prepped this a little bit better and had some costumes, but it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you guys can't see it. Like for those that you that are listening to the podcast, I'm glad you can't see my room. This is it's a mess. Um, I'll, I'll go this way. Like I'm moving more and more stuff into the closet, uh, trying to get rid of some of the fan noise. Uh, I still want to be able to like see it and see the cool stuff, uh, but just Kubernetes everywhere. <laughs> So, yeah, so we have a bunch of people joining us in the chat. A lot of our regulars, Simon, Thomas, hello, everyone. If you are joining us on the podcast, again, this live stream gets turned into a podcast. You can find it on all the major podcast networks. But if you listen to this podcast and you go, oh, I would love to join live and ask some questions. Again, every Tuesday, 3.30, go ahead and check out springofficehours.io. And for those of you who are in the chat, we have a couple action items for you today. It is spooky spring, so if you want to share any spooky stories of spring development, uh, some maybe some missteps on your part, uh, we certainly have a bunch of those. Uh, or if you have questions and you're just like, hey, Dan, hey, Deshaun, I'm stuck on this thing. Let's go ahead and get those answered because we haven't had a, a, a chance to sit down and answer questions in a while. We've had a lot of really great guests lately. We've uh, we missed last, you know, we've been missing here and there because of travel. Uh, so it's just a chance for us to catch up, talk to you guys, answer your questions, and let's share some of those spooky stories. So how are you doing, Deshaun? You what know, are you doing after? Spooky story today. Uh, oh. The uh, the native image uh, craze, all the stuff that people are doing with native images, and <laughs> I faced this issue a long time ago. The idea where. Okay, I'm building a native image. How do I know that my native image does the same thing as my JVM? And I already like I already have a pattern for doing this, but sometimes we don't follow our own best practices. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> we're pushing stuff to reduction. And we know that we took shortcuts and <laughs> we're just like waiting for it to, to bite us. And that's what happened. That's what happened to me today. I, I have this application and it does some stuff. And I was deploying it as a native image. And I didn't run the tests against my native image uh, the way that I did with my yep. my JVM image. And guess what? I didn't have all the hints. So it deployed fine and it shows up as healthy, but I didn't have all the hints that I needed. And and today it bit me. It happens. Um, it's not going to be the last time either. I mean, you just got to <laughs> learn from your mistakes. Uh, yes. I love mistakes. Again, it's, a, it's one of the best ways to learn is to fail and hopefully learn from it and move on. 
Uh, I see a couple of a uh, couple of comments and questions in here. Uh, yes, this one. So we have a question: Do, do Spring developer advocates have special costumes? Uh, I would say the universal costume for an advocate is the avocado. So if you want to dress up as an avocado, you can. I also think the microphone is yeah. part of the costume. So if I if I just walked around with a microphone, uh, that would be a good one. That is a great idea. Uh, I also see another comment here. Hi, guys. Frankly, I expected some costumes from you. I know. I mean, this is just a huge, huge fail. <laughs> I remember probably two months ago, we sat down and looked at the rest of the year. And I don't know why we didn't figure this out two months ago. But yes, we probably should have put this together. I blame uh, the last month or so. We've had some things going on at work. Our heads have been a little cloudy. <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple things. We've been traveling. I mean, the last three weeks for me have been like, hurry up and get this thing done. Travel. Come on. Get to, I was actually working on another thing in the airport for last week. And then I was like, do that thing. Come on. Now I'm getting ready for next week. So it's been a hectic few weeks. So we apologize. We'll do better. We'll have some Christmas. Uh, I'll, I'll do like the, the Santa hat or something when we get closer to Christmas. So I have to say from our community, I... I'm still in my head trying to map where everybody's from. <laughs> hello from Switzerland. Hello from hi, uh, Norway. Uh, I'm still mapping. So I, I'll i get there. I'll get it figured out because I'm excited to meet our community when we go to conferences. Yeah. Speaking of um, VMware Barcelona, VMware Explorer Barcelona is next week. Uh, really looking forward to that. I am going to be there. So I am leaving Sunday. Uh, like 3.15 local time. I get there on Monday at 8.30 a.m. Barcelona time. And I don't sleep while I'm playing, so this is going to be an interesting interesting trip. I may have to get there and sleep for a little bit. I don't speak till Tuesday, which is good. So, yeah, looking forward to it. I've never been to Barcelona. I know you've been for Spring I.O. a couple times. i got to get to Spring I.O. next year. I really do. Uh, looking forward to that. But, yeah, everybody says great things about Barcelona. And I'm looking to, um, you know, meet some people outside of the community or in the community outside the U.S., which, which I've never done. So I'm excited. The content for the conference looks really great. I'll be giving a presentation with our coworker, Cora, on some innovations in spring and kind of the anniversary of spring. And it's 20 years uh, Spring Boot is celebrating 10 years this year, and we're going to talk all about past, present, and future of Spring. So I'm excited about that. And then I also have a live coding session in a code theater. So I have no slides. Just going to code for 20 minutes. Nothing will go wrong, I'm sure. I mean, all, all demos go great. Yep, no. So yeah, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, so if you're going to be in uh, Barcelona for VMware Explorer, please come say hi. I don't know anyone there, so it would be nice to, to sit down and chat. So it seems like some of our community has already like switched time. When does that happen for us? Um, yeah, that is funny. I saw Simon's comment earlier, and I didn't realize that was what he was saying. We're end of November, I think, is daylight savings. Ah, or after Thanksgiving. It should be on Thanksgiving weekend, right? <laughs> well, the there's something very special on Thanksgiving happening. Do you know what it is? I know that Spring Boot 3.2 is going to be released. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yes. So we don't need any other events. We already have the event of the year happening. Absolutely. So we don't need it. Absolutely. So, look, at um, this. look at this. I'm going to jump through. Hey, we got, we're going to come back to this question. I'm going to put a star on it. But I have right. somebody from Turkey, and look at who's here. 
Oh, yes. I got to meet Lawrence last week. It was great. Uh, You know, Lawrence and I have known each other on the Twitter sphere forever. And it was really great to to see him, not only meet him, but watch the watch an artist at work. Um, He had a presentation on. uh, Yeah. uh, uh, Actually, he had code from a demo, but he didn't live code. I mean, uh, yeah, there's only so, so much you could do in that particular setting. He went into a lot on like AI and Lang for Ch- Lang Chain for J, which is a Java implement- implementation of Lang Chain, and uh, it was really great to see. He did a, an amazing job, awesome job. Fantastic, once. fantastic. I, I yeah, I was he's wearing his bottom shirt right now. Yeah, I was in uh, Atlanta last week for um, Connect Tech, uh, mainly a JavaScript conference. I mean, I always make the joke when I go to JavaScript conferences that I am the Java developer at a JavaScript conference. No, I am not lost because I love, I love building for the web. I love front end stuff. And so that was a lot of fun to do. Good. Good stuff. Right on. We're doing. Um, All right. Yeah. So get your questions in. I figure we have a couple things that we can get to while we're waiting for some questions. One of which is, the calendar. Let me go ahead and present my screen. I'll do my best to explain to those of you at home what we're looking at. So there we go. So one of the things we like to do on this show, and every time I kind of introduce Spring Office Hours, I just gave a presentation this morning and, and I was talking about Spring Office Hours. And one of our jobs is there's so much going on in the Spring ecosystem, right? Like it's really hard to stay caught up with things that are going on. And so that's part of our job is to kind of inform you of the things that are going on. One of the places you can do that at is calendar.spring.io. There's a nice calendar view. You can go to a list view. All the projects in the Spring ecosystem, there's a release calendar. We don't just wake up one day and say, hey, let's release this new thing. These are are very scheduled out. um, And there's a plan here. So if you want to see what the plan is, you can go ahead and look at this. If I look at this week... If I look ahead to Thursday, I can see that Spring Boot 3.2 RC2 is going to happen on Thursday. And if you want to click on that, you can go into that. You can look at what was closed, and you can see everything that is going into that release. So if you really want to stay on like the bleeding edge and stay up to date with what's happening, this is the best place to do so. Now there'll be some uh, my, there'll be some release notes with every kind of release cadence. Um, so you can check those out, but, um, this is a great place to, to kind of stay caught. We just got a question to when is spring boot 3.2 coming out? We just said, um, Thanksgiving. So weird enough, every six months happens to be Thanksgiving, uh, the last few years. So Thanksgiving spring boot 3.2 will come out. But if you didn't know that, don't wait, if you didn't have, if you didn't have me telling you that though, you could come over to calendar.spring.io Let's look next month. We go into November. We go down to uh, Thursday the 23rd. Look at that. Spring Boot 3.2.0. So here's a good way to kind of jump ahead and start to look at what's coming out, when it's coming out, and really what's happening. And as Deshaun said, you don't really need to wait because if you go to start.spring.io right now, 3.2.0 RC1 is out. And as you saw, RC2 will come out later this week. You can give it a test drive now. Um, and in fact, Deshaun and I are planning a show for not Thanksgiving. We are not coming on the air on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I think our wives would kill us probably. Um, but 
the week after, um, on that Tuesday, we will do a recap of everything that's new in Spring Boot 3.2. So that'll be fun. This is something that I talk about a lot. Uh, you know, Dan brings up the when is 3.2 out. There is, I spend a lot of time, you you hear me talking about a lot, like you need to be on the latest and greatest, push, push, push. Let's get early and let's get all this stuff. We've been watching Josh Long take snapshots to production for years. Uh, if your test passed, like go. But this question right here, like when is 3.2 out? Are you waiting for 3.2? Are you on 3.1.5 today? Because it's the latest version. What's the gap? If you're on 3.1.5, you are in that small group of people that can take the 3.2 RC1 out today. And Dan, you are somebody that comes into this community. You've been a great help and we love seeing you all the time. Your feedback on Spring Boot 3.2 RC1, your feedback would be so valuable. Because there's only a, a small amount of time. This Spring team is doing these Spring Boot. It's going to come out every six months. They put out the RC1 last week. Was it two weeks ago? RC1 came out on the 18th, right? Uh, Well, let's look at calendar. 19. Um, 19 RC1. Yeah. So now RC2 is coming out, but it goes GA November 24th. So there's just a <laughs> month to get early feedback before it goes GA. We need people like you. We need people like all of you to get on the latest and greatest so you can be comfortable taking the RC candidates and give us feedback. Anything that you find, read the docs, run the tests, see if it works, give us feedback. That's what we need. That's what I'm here to encourage you. Don't wait for it to go GA. I know that you're on the bleeding edge. I know that you're already on 3.1 to 5. It's okay to be on the bleeding edge as long as you know how to heal. As long as you know how to roll back, everything's going to be gravy. I want you to take out those release candidates. Spin. Yeah, Simon says, oh, I, I, every, every time I say that, I love it. Simon <laughs> says, the auto configuration of JDBC client will be nice. Yeah, so there are two new clients coming in 3.2, the REST client, the JDBC client, uh, just another level of abstraction on top of the REST template and the JDBC template, both really welcome additions. I think they make your code a lot more readable, concise. You have that fluent API, and as, as a developer, the APIs are so much more intuitive. So when I hit like REST client dot not like overloaded with a thousand thousand methods. Uh, I know exactly what I'm trying to do there. So looking forward to that. Thank you. So that is. Thank oh. you for the tip. I turned it up a little bit. Hopefully that helps. All right. Love the feedback. Love this. I love this community. I love this group. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Um, and a selfish little plug. I've been, I, this is something I've been trying to do for two years now, Deshaun. Two years. I get it. I, I probably, I think four years ago, I switched. Um, it's funny. And I, my blog has been out on the internet for like almost 20 years now, which is crazy to think. Um, four years ago or so, I switched over to Vue. And after a couple of years, I really wanted to switch everything over to Nux, which is kind of like a framework on a framework. Um, and I, I like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And priorities change. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. Finally, I bit the bullet and I said, I'm going to do it. I got it done. My entire website has been moved over to Nux3. Uh, it's still running on Vue, running on Nullify. And I got to say, I got part of the reason that I was really hesitant to do this was because all the image paths were going to change of like all my blog images for all my newsletters. 
there was a lot of stuff that I'd have to migrate over. It wasn't just like plug in a new framework. So that was always in the back of my head. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Then I decided that I'm going to ask ChatGPT to help me. And all those little mundane tasks of writing like a migration script to say, hey, I have a bunch of images in this format and I need to move them over to this folder structure based on like the date of the the date the blog post was published. And it it got me 80% of the way there. I had to do like a little testing, but I did in, in what, like four four hours probably would have taken me like three or four days because I would have like hit my head on the desk and went back to the drawing board and like tried it again. And yeah, so thankfully that that I think is a, a really great use case for ChatGPT is like doing things that you're not comfortable doing every day, things that are kind of out of your norm. Hey, help me get there. I know I know in my head pseudocode what I need to do, but I, I don't know if I like know how to do that. Because I was doing it in JavaScript, right? Like this wasn't yeah. in Java. I, I have I thought, a one track mind. Uh, yeah. and your little like, hey, how do I what the migrate? We have a question here from Yuri. He's like, oh, hey, nice. It's, it's a similar thing, right? He's trying to <laughs> migrate from one schema to the other, very similar to what you were doing. Uh, ChatGPT doesn't know uh, if he's trying to move to like a, a recently released version. Uh, ChatGPT is not going to know about the schema, so it's not going to be able to help. So then what? This whole like practice, you just said, like we don't do these things all the time. We're not doing the migration. Yeah. Guess what? If you pull the calendar back up, like these kind of things are being released every single week mm-hmm. i went back and looked and there's only like one week in 2023 maybe there's two where we didn't have a release of some sort so we're always doing releases let alone java coming out every six months spring yep. boot getting a new every six months spring framework getting a new every year like but it's not happening on one day you don't just like stop the world hey i'm gonna migrate things you gotta be in this motion of constantly upgrading i have now aliases on my daily driver where it's like look i'm doing development update me you know i call it spring cube like get get me up to spring boot 3.1 the latest that's where i want to be so i have this as part of my exercise is i just want to be on the latest and greatest version and then i want to be fixing those things those (laughs) schema migrations or you know breaking changes but then because I'm doing it as a part of my daily uh, process, my daily driver, it makes it easier. So just being in this mode, so I don't ever have to run into this. Oh, hey, uh, you know, we joke. There's Phil Webb's, you you pointed me to Phil Webb's uh, Mind the Gap, where we're talking about migrating 2.7 to 3.x. It's it's kind of a big leap, uh, but there's tons of value there. But in his uh, presentation uh, from Spring One, he asked the audience, like, hey, where are you? Are you on Spring Boot 2.7, 2.5, 2.1, and there was a hand that went up. There's still, there's still <laughs> customers that are on Spring yeah. 1, and they need a reason to move. Like, hey, it's, if it's not broke, like, don't fix it. If the scanner's not saying, like, hey, there's an alarm here, like, right. no biggie. <clears throat> but what those scanners don't tell you is if you're on the old version, you're just wasting money. It's like leaving the window open and having the heat on yeah. Right, and money. I did a presentation this morning with Nate and Nate kind of, Nate had a really good analogy for this, which was like, 
Yeah, you could you could put off getting your your oil changed, right? Like the light comes on, you could say, "Well, I'm not going to do it today." You're not going to do it next week. Like you could keep putting that off, but eventually that is going to lead to some catastrophic failure, right? And so if you just got that oil change and kept up to date, uh, everything would be fine. And so during that conversation, I, I also got a question and I want to point this out. If you're on spring.io and you're on one of the project pages, if there is support for a project, you can go to the support tab and find out the support timeline. Somebody asked me today, like, why is Spring Boot 2.7 uh, going to be out of support next month? It's November. And I said, that's a great question. We actually extended support on this. This was actually supposed to end probably yeah, six down. months ago. Scroll down. Huh? Scroll down on the, on the calendar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And show, like, so, yeah. this is like, we've, we've had this regular timeline uh, for years. Yeah. And the only thing that's an outlier here is we've extended that little line that goes, you know, See it's this? not like the rest of them. We yeah. extended it because it's it's not just the spring migration. It's it's the Java. Java 17 as well, mm -hmm. which that's the easiest part. But we understand. So somebody was being really, really nice and said, you know what, just give it to them. Because there's so much value on the other side of that line. That's where we want you to be. Yeah, and that's that's what I kind of pointed out. Like we extended support, but like eventually you're going to have to make this change. You cannot stay on Java eight forever. Just just upgrading Java eight to Java seventeen, you're going to get so many performance security improvements. Uh, not to mention language enhancements to keep your developers happy. But um, if you're ever curious about support timelines, you can go to Spring.io, go to the project page. You can look at the timeline, and hey. If that open source support is not enough for you and that's running out, you can always get commercial support. You can go ahead and learn more about that here. So I just wanted to point that out. I, I just, I'm amazed at five, like, thanks for, thanks for joining. It's always a pleasure. Uh, if you've got a micrometer question, uh, we happen to have one of the amazing developers from the micrometer team. I believe the lead on micrometer. Yes. No, and yes. And well, I'm well, going to see Jonathan. I'm going to see Jonathan next week. So Jonathan's here, and he's amazing. And I want you to check out his uh, Tea House repository because it's oh amazing. yeah. And I, we keep on getting people from all over the world, and we have like, do we just keep on getting these cool people that are voices in the community showing up? I'm just I'm amazed right now. I'm amazed that we have all these cool people showing up today, and. What a great time to be a developer. Uh, so so Ted says, yeah, Ted says, the longer you put off upgrades, the harder and more risky it'll be when you want to or need to upgrade. Yep. And yeah, I agree. And I listen, I'm realistic. I, I know you can't be on the latest. You know, I know we're not all saying, hey, get on Java 21. It just came out last month. But having a plan in place that doesn't involve, well, now we have to be reactive because open source uh, support is running out. Be proactive. Have a plan in place uh, that makes sure that you're not in this position. Jonathan says, you know, basically, you know, from, from one of the spring engineers behind these products that are giving you releases all the time, unfortunately, we can't maintain old versions till the end of the universe. Right now, we maintain 2.7, 3.0, 3.1, and 3.2 is in the works. That's yeah. a lot of work. That's a lot. That, that is a lot of work. There's and a lot, lot of, of projects. <laughs> there's a lot of you out there using these projects. Yeah. Yep. So good. Simon cool. says, hey, Yuri, follow their GitHub repo. And he even points us. This is the other great thing about the community. We have people helping people. Like, hey, here it is. Here's the XSD. 
So you can go and see those changes. And here's the other thing is like <clears throat> being in this migration mode, you find tricks, you find out ways to like help you, you know, whether it's from view to Nuxt or, you know, from the old version to XSD to new, you're going to find these patterns. And sometimes you're going to decide like, Hey, I want to write a script for that. Cause I'm doing this in a lot of places. Sometimes it's just really like knowing where to look and find those answers. And sometimes it can be hard. That's just the way it is. It's not all going to be easy. Nope. So that's why we encourage. I think that uh, another shout out to Phil Webb's Mind the Gap session. Maybe I'll put that in. Loved the, it. The chat. Yeah, love love that. There are so many great presentations from Spring One, from DevOps, from VMware Explorers, different sessions. Uh, I've just I've watched a few, and then like some of them, I go, okay, I got to come back to this and rewatch this again because there's so much good content out there. Um. I wanted to throw, a, while you're looking for that, I wanted to throw a trivia question out there. I threw this out on Twitter earlier. I've been doing a little research for my presentation next week because we're doing a little piece on the history of spring. And I, I know if you follow me on Twitter, at the real Dan Vega, you probably already saw this. But I want to throw this out there for those of you in the live stream or those of you listening on the podcast. And the question is this. we We all know that Rod Johnson came out with the book uh, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, uh, to address some of the complexities with J2EE uh, design uh, and development, right? Um, at the time he wrote this book, he kind of wrote this framework alongside of it. So imagine how, how hard it is to write a book that's 750 pages, and then also write a framework to use as the examples in the book. Uh, he wrote both of those things at, at the same time, which is kind of crazy. So my trivia question is, before it was spring, what was that original framework that Rod Johnson wrote called? So it wasn't called spring to start with. And for bonus points, who named it spring? Who came up with the idea to name it spring? And a little hint, it wasn't Rod. So uh, bonus question for that. Um where did if you, you got, source your answer from? Um, there is a blog. There's a blog uh, post on the Spring IO blog. Um, so I'm going to share that. I have it ready to show in a second. <laughs> uh, so we already got some answers coming in, and they are both correct. Lawrence and Ted both said Interface 21. That is correct. That is the name of the company that Rod Johnson started. Um, so Interface 21 was the package name in all the code that was in that book. And then someone came along and said, well, first off, uh, Rod said, well, this is great. But two other people kind of came along and convinced him that this should be a project. Like, you should stop and, and do this all full time. This is, a, this, is, this is really good stuff. And two people came along and convinced him to do that. And one of those two people actually uh, named, named Spring. And yeah, there we go. Lawrence Lawrence was able to find it. Jan Karop, I, I I know Jurgen Holler. I know Jurgen. Uh, I don't. I think Jan was before my time. Uh, he is no longer with VMware. He's still with us. He's not with VMware. Um, and Jan was the one who ended up naming Spring and said, "Hey, this interface twenty one, not so much. The spring uh, is like the new beginning after winter. The spring is like a fresh start." in the java development world so and as ted says naming is hard it is the naming. hardest thing naming in computer hard. programming naming is hard 
So yeah, so Interface 21 and Jan, who is one of the co-founders, along with Jurgen Haller, who's still here and leading the project, um, he was the one that kind of named it Spring or gave the idea to name. Yeah, like, so there's another follow-up question in this one. It says, it's, Dan, do you know who owns the company that was Interface 21 today? I do not know. Nope. Everybody, that's, that's my wife? Uh, we're, 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 on, <laughs> oh. we're on the show. Oh, I thought you mean on camera. Didn't you do the streaming now? I thought your wife owned Interface Twenty One. Now I was gonna say that was that'd be really impressive. Do we do we get the answer? Sorry about that. Um, nope. Uh, that's that's a great question, uh, and I just assume that it's VMware. Because so I'm I'm showing the blog post here. If you're interested yeah. in reading more about this uh, Spring.io blog. Spring Framework, the origins of a project and a name. There's a really nice uh, little kind of backstory on this and how this happened. So, Yeah, we should throw a link to Rod Johnson's book in here, but it's just come so far. Uh, one of the things that we really want to be able to do is like, we want people to understand those those high-level concepts. One of the, the most popular questions that we get asked here is like, where do I go? Where do I start? Where do we start, Dan? Where do we start? If we want to know more, like I'm coming from ASP.NET, where do I go? <coughs> oh, sorry. I am still a little bit sick here. Right. Um, sorry. Duh. Where do we want to read on the Spring Framework Cluster? Okay, yeah. So where do we start? It's always a tough question, right? Because the Spring ecosystem is massive. You really have to pick a path. Like what... When you say you want to learn Spring, what do you want to accomplish with Spring? Are you trying to build something? Is it personal? Is it for work? Um, what are you trying to build? So if you can narrow it down to, I want to build a REST API in Spring, now we have a little bit more of a manageable path that we can go down, right? Maybe even this REST API talks to a database. So the places I would start are definitely the Spring uh, documentation. So if you head over to spring.io, go into the project and go into You're each project. Sure. So, oh, I'm not. Gotcha. That, gotcha. that is right. That is right. There you go. Um, so there's our Spring framework. And then you can go into the learn section. There's the API documentation. There's a reference doc. So that's a really good place to start. Also, underneath there, underneath learn, there is guides. So guides is, uh, I like this because, again, we're picking a path. Like, I need to build a REST API. That happens to be the first guide here. You can go through this guide, take you 15 minutes or so, and this will give you an idea how to build a REST API in uh, Spring. And then you could always say, like, okay, now that I know how to do that, how do I talk to a database? How do I do security? You know, you could start to build on that example. So I would say documentation, guides, that's a really good place to start. Um, another one I really love is Spring Academy. So this is Spring Academy. This is from us at VMware. You can sign up for free. So we're not, you don't have to pay for anything. <clears throat> there is a paid version of this, but the free version will get you some information uh, that you can go through, some courses that you can go through. So this is a really good start. There's a whole bunch of, of really great courses in here, and this is brought to you by uh, us, by the Spring team. So this is a really good good place to start. So so, so that's where I would start. Um, yeah. And then depending on where you are, that can like branch out into different things. Ted mentions the guides, right? The Spring guides, the Spring Boot guides. Those are how I learned. Do you know how many yeah. times... 
I've looked at some of those guides, like the same guide multiple times. And I always ask myself, like, I've been looking at the same guide for years. Yet it still didn't <laughs> stick. And then I was like, well, you know, how could I improve this? I've tried many, many times to figure out like, what's a better way? Of course I could change the names or change the domain or whatever, but the guides are so good. They get you so far. One of the things that I am convinced, you mentioned this, the free tier, uh, those guides and the stuff that you get on Spring Guide Academy. <laughs> that set of information, that set of, uh, yeah, training gets, will get anybody further than I ever got with Ruby on Rails, than I ever got with, uh, what is it, Flask, Python? There's so much more in that little set of guides that are taking me so much further with Spring that combined with all the amazing documentation, it gets you those kind of like big buckets of learning to where you get the main concepts, you get the, the configuration and you start to understand kind of the conventions and it takes you so far so fast. Yeah, and I'll, I'll echo Ted as another comment here. you got to build stuff instead of just watching and reading. You have to get in there and find a, a way to relate it to something you're doing. Uh, if it's not for work, if it's something personal, uh, I had the blog example. Like uh, that, I'm not learning that for work, but yeah, I learned a whole bunch of things like building out this thing for me that I wanted to do. So the more you can get in and build stuff and relate it to something you're interested in, I think the more it kind of sticks. So yeah. Do read the books, read the docs, watch the videos, but spend more time doing than than, than reading about it. You know, uh, I'm going to just share the story. Uh, Dan and I go around and we do workshops, kind of introduce people to new things that are happening in, in spring and spring boot. And at one conference, we kind of, we got done with our workshop and we, we had some good feedback and we kind of set a challenge. We said, hey, like take what you learned in the workshop and take it and Get it someplace running in production. We didn't give any other rules than that. Like just take a spring app and get it running in production. So tomorrow when you come back to the conference, find us and show us your, your Spring Boot app that's running in production. That's something new, not something that you're already doing. It's got to be running on the latest and greatest. And I like this idea. Maybe we ought to do that here. Maybe we ought to say, hey, uh, if you're watching the show or you're listening to the podcast, uh, we want you to... Go out and build something. Get it running in production. Dan's got some great content on all the different ways that you can run Spring in production. Uh, I'm a big fan of Raspberry Pis, and you can run it from home. It doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was running uh, Spring on my laptop uh, on the plane as I was going from San Francisco to Kansas City. You can do it in all sorts of ways, but we want you to practice. We want you to share your stories, and we want you to do it on the latest and greatest. Do not go and deploy a new Spring Boot app using Java 8 and Spring Boot 2.x. Get on the latest and greatest. Show us and, and share, share stories. Send it. Yeah, ping us on, on Twitter. Uh, ping us on, on LinkedIn. And show us something that you make. And I don't care what it is. Uh, Hello World uh, or uh, Spring Data uh, JPA or a REST service, anything. Show us. We got to come up with something. We'll have a little contest and we'll see see if anybody response but maybe we give it a week for our next show and like hey let's see let's see what kind of feedback we get and then we'll go from there we'll figure it out along the way we're going to do it live show us yeah i have to i have to agree with pad five here my blog slash youtube channel really great resource clearly, thanks Pat. Clearly, that's, that, that's <laughs> where you to go and if you want to work with somebody you know uh when you're building stuff like i'll say that ted's a really great co-working experience and i'll say it from experience like just 
put Ted's show on and just listen and go along and it's great. It's like, you, should, you can do that too. We got all sorts of options here. Yeah, I, I want to address this one too. So there's another comment here. Didn't like the guides much. It's too selected. In learning, I always try to see the overall picture, understand framework instructions, uh, understand it helps manage models, configs, or communication. I agree. You you have to understand how the puzzle the puzzle pieces fit together in the overall scheme of things to build the entire puzzle, right? But but like I said, Spring is so massive. There are so many things you can do with Spring that you have to pick a path. And that path, those that's what those guides are. That, that is, hey, I need to be able to run a scheduled task, or I need to be able to write a REST service, or I need to be able to connect to a database. As you start to put those guides together, now you're starting to build the bigger puzzle, and now you'll see like how those kind of go together. So I can understand that. Uh, you're looking for more um, advanced stuff, and that's that's always where all of us are at at some point. But to get started, I think the guides are a really great place. And, and, and I still the use them, as Deshaun the said. Yeah. <laughs> beyond the guides, you've got questions. Bring those questions here. We're here to help. Uh, you know, many of the folks that are, are joining us today live, uh, I've sat down and we, we've hopped on a Zoom and let's let's talk through concepts. I, I don't want you to feel like you're spinning your wheels. If you're digging in and you want to just like have some time to ask questions, my calendar is open. You can go to Deshaun.com and you can grab time on my calendar, uh, 15 minutes or 30 minutes, just reach out. Don't spin your wheels. We are here to help. We want to help. I want you to move forward. Look at this. Learning, iterative, spiral process. Do hands-on stuff, following a guide, and then skim through the docs and other materials. Yeah, yeah, keep on going. Build some, fail. Failure is the greatest teacher. So when, when things don't work, that is where some of the best learning happens. Yep. Dan, Dan, you know how to get onto my calendar, Deshaun.com. You can go and there's a little calendar button, Calendly, and you can schedule some time. Yes, reach out. Same. Uh, here's a good question. Anyone know if the calendar versioning is still a versioning scheme that spring projects are still aiming to follow? Uh, I think what you're talking about is like the 2003.1.01. Um, I get it. Uh, I I think that we're still training in that direction. If we go back and look at calendar, we'll see some of those projects are doing that. And I also think that's the way it is for our release trains. Yeah. Uh, that they're always going to be on that calendar versioning. Um, good question. I think. It, yep. And Jonathan, Jonathan has an answer there. If you want to throw that up. Boom. Cloud and data use Calder for their bombs. The rest is using Simber. Fantastic. Look at that. <laughs> you ask. We are so lucky to have Jonathan here. Beautiful. Oh, look at this. It all depends on Glenn. There's also the spring core <laughs> courses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. What a great time. So I want to hear some stories. Dan, do you have any scary stories? Spooky, spooky stories. Um, I have one, a couple, well, I mean, throughout my development career, yeah, there have been spooky stories. I remember one in particular. I was um, I was on a, I was, and again, this is no fault of the stack. I was writing Cold Fusion back in the day, and that's not the spooky part, so don't say that. <laughs> um, but uh, you can do everything in in a similar fashion to like PHP or whatever other language, right? You could do everything in one kind of template. And I remember vividly my boss coming to me going, 
why are you storing credit card numbers in plain text in the database? And I said, uh, I did not think I was doing that. And it had to do with configuration in dev versus production because I had turned something on to like make sure things were getting stored correctly. And yeah, long story short, I was storing credit cards in production um, for a customer that we were doing work for. And that didn't, that wasn't fun. I didn't get fired for it, thankfully, but uh, I learned that day that to be very careful of what I'm storing in a database. So yeah, that was a good learning lesson. (laughs) Simon brought up, uh, this is one that's kind of like bubbled up. Uh, breaking Lombok uh, on the upgrade. Lombok at like 18.0.2. Uh, well, that that's the version that, that we were using that day. Uh, there was, it's not compatible with Java 17 or higher. So, well, unless you're using JPA, eh, who need, I mean, you, you, yep. there, you can, you can cut down on some of the boilerplate in, in a lot of your code using records. So, but now, Dan, here's the case. Uh, organization has hundreds of applications deployed dozens of times each, and they're really just trying to like reduce that footprint. They don't want to have to go and refactor all their apps. They're trying to get to the latest Java, give them a, a little bit smaller footprint. So they're looking for that quick upgrade path. They don't want to yep. do the refactoring. So we were in this kind of mode. We were doing it as a hackathon. Yeah. Hey, let's bring your app. And, and this is one of the things that we ran into. But the funny thing is, the cool thing and the funny thing is, and maybe the spooky thing, is we had a bunch <laughs> of teams doing the, the exercise at the same time. One team ran into the Lombok issue at the same time as another team, and they kind of tackled it different ways. But as a group, we figured out, do the upgrade of Lombok first, right? The upgrade of Lombok in your Java 8 or Java 11 app uh, yeah. will still work. And then you do the recipes like the open rewrite or the spring boot migrator, yeah. and it'll get you to Java 17 and yeah. then you're in good shape. But if you did the Java 17 migration and then did the Lombok, the recipes didn't work. And it was uh, I, I wonder if there's a Lombok. I wonder if there's a recipe to move from Lombok to records. It probably is something out there. And that would work in a lot of places except for yep. GPA, right? Yep. So yeah, it depends on what you're using it for. Yep. How about you? Any spooky stories? Any spooky spring? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is great. I love hearing uh, that people had the problems. Let me ask, uh, while I think of a good spooky story, let me ask uh, the folks that are here live, what are some of the other things that you ran into <laughs> while you're upgrading? Look at this guy. Man, how did we get so lucky today? To have all of these cool people show up, I don't understand. Tim, thank you so much for joining. It's I'm just I'm happy that you're here, and yeah, we're talking about the whole migration and scary stories and what happened. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you being here. And look at this. Are you are you saying that you've got the Lombok? <laughs> find the recipe to go from Lombok value classes to record. What? Look at this. How does this even happen? How does this even happen? Uh, Tim, if you wouldn't mind, uh, throw that uh, a link to that recipe uh, in the chat. That would be awesome. Because what? What? A, look at this! Like you sit there, you're just like, like I wonder if there's a recipe. And the man writing the recipe just happens <laughs> to be in the audience. We don't get yep. this lucky. We don't get this lucky to have a community like this. 
and have opportunities like this, even you know, on a day like today, Halloween, we're trying to talk about scary <laughs> stories. Uh, oh, um, we'll figure that out. Oh, and Lawrence asked like, "What? What's a recipe?" Ooh, that, good that's question. a great question. What is a recipe? Well, let's talk about that. I, I, man, I wish I could bring. Actually, do I have Tim on Slack? I'm gonna, hey, Tim, come join in. Uh, I don't know if I do. But Lawrence, let me. I'll do the the short stuff. Oh, look at this. Do you want to share a screen for those? Uh, oh, there's one. Okay, here. Let's let's do this. I will share a screen. And the idea, this recipe, Lawrence. I'm going to tell you the story that I, I tell a lot uh, as I share my screen. Uh, there was a point in my life where uh, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to move forward. And I was trying to do things uh, that were cool. Uh, and I was building a, a better way of doing something. And in order to get all the value out of what I was building, I was going to need to uh, introduce a breaking change. Like we couldn't do it the way that we were doing it. So the API that was being consumed by all the stakeholders and, and customers, internal and external, that API was being consumed in this library that was made public. I found a way that would actually save us, a, you know, the infrastructure side, it would save us a boatload of processing, uh, reduce our latency, all the other things. And it would actually make it easier to implement, but it was a breaking change. I didn't know who all of the users were. So there's this library that's public and introducing a breaking change, uh, it kind of needed to, it was gonna cause problems. And if I introduced that, I'd have to have two implementations running until everybody got migrated and I had no way of like forcing everybody to migrate. So I threw it away. Like, what did I do? I had this, this solution that was going to save money and I didn't have a way of getting it out to the public and introducing the breaking change and communicating that. So I threw it away. Today we have this, we have open rewrite and we have this concept of, I can introduce a breaking change, like a migration from Java 8 to rebase to Java 17, I can introduce something like that as long as I've got this way of easily adopting and moving it forward. This is where we are in 2023 because of frameworks like Open Rewrite. I can say, here's a breaking change, but also here's a recipe. That recipe is written in Java and it knows how to go and modify the code. So even it's not a search replace, right? This is what everybody kind of like jumps to is a search replace. No, it's a code logic change. I can say, if you were doing this in version 1.x, you will implement it. You will implement that thing this way in 2.x. And it's not a search replace. It'll actually understand the logic. Uh, make those the, kind of the, breaking changes. The, the Lombok value class to a record is a perfect example. Right. That's not a Great search example. replace. That is looking at a class, figuring out what fields are in there. Are there getters and setters? You know, figuring out that logic and turning that into a record. So, so. You see this little command, it says Maven command line. I actually have this thing set up as a recipe or as an alias uh, on my machine. So if I go and if I pull up a, a terminal, I think I can pull up a terminal over here. And, and let's let's do this real quick. Let's go uh, on, let's find a, a project CD fun, John, uh, something. Uh, uh, no, that one, I need a, 
one that is Maven. There's a Maven. All I have to do is bring cubed. This is just an alias that, because I do it all the time, that runs and it says, hey, I'm going to read this. Oh, it, it, some kind of failure. Invalid target. Uh, SDK use Java 21. Let's try that again. And it's going to say, hey, I understand how to update this thing. And whatever version it's at, I didn't even have to look. This recipe, I use it so often. I do it so many times during the day. I just have as an alias. And all that I'm doing is running this little thing that says, hey, open your right. There's a recipe that says upgrade Spring Boot 3.1, the latest and greatest version. And it looks at my code, it analyzes it, and it upgrades it. And it can upgrade for, all the way back. Go ahead. For those of us on the podcast, what is the URL that you're looking at right now? Oh, so right now I'm at docs.openrewrite.org. Uh, From there, there's a recipe catalog link. You can go into Java, and then there's a spring section, and there's a spring upgrade section. There's a recipe cool. called Upgrade Spring Boot 3.1. Cool. And it's awesome, and I use it all the time. And this is one of those cheat codes. You know, we, we actually, we, we talked about this whole, like, migration thing a few times uh, where, yeah, I'm trying to stay on the latest and greatest. I want you on the latest and greatest so you can take those RC candidates uh, for a spin. It's recipes like this that are going to help you Stay on the latest and greatest and keep moving forward. So yeah, that's that's the recipe. Hopefully that makes sense. There's a, there's a Java program here that knows how to read my code, knows how to read my palms, and upgrade things to the latest and greatest. And this one happens to be a nested, it's got a nest, so it can go from Spring Boot 2.5 to 2.6, from 2.6 to 2.7, from 2.7 to 3.0, and then from 3.0 to 3.1. So it can take a lot of the main Stuff. It's not going to fix everything. No, nope. can do a lot of the the main stuff. Get you up on the latest and greatest. Hopefully, you get you that eighty twenty rule right. Get you eighty yes. percent of the way there. Twenty percent might be a manual. You might have to go through and get your hands dirty a little bit, but it's going to get you a lot of the way there. And the biggest thing we've been, you know, helping customers with is do this on a small app, like one of those apps that are not like mission critical, right? Find a small app. Use some of these uh, open re rewrite recipes, and then you can figure out like which ones you're going to need. Which maybe you have to write your own recipes for certain things in your organization, and now you can start to automate every other uh, application after that. So it's a really great way to migrate. And again, kind of comes back to that question of that I got earlier today. Like, hey, but you want to stay on Java? No, you don't. No, no you, you don't. don't. You want to get off of Java 8. You want to get on Java 17 and you want to get in a position where, hey, you can update to Java 21 at some point because next month uh, we are on Java 21 already. That is the new one out. That's LT that's a, an LTS version-ish. And Spring Boot 3.2 is coming out next month with support for that and virtual threads. This is going to be a game changer for being able to scale those MVC apps. This is something you're going to want to work towards. So let's see if we can't all get there together as a community. Thanks for joining us, Lawrence. Good luck. Thanks, Lawrence. See you again soon. Yes, for sure. Um, oh, there's a nice comment there and this nice one? spooky one. Um, nope. Um, I, I like this. I like the sound of it. It's not spooky. It just makes <laughs> it feel good. Uh, this one here. Yeah. What is this so other wire thing and how did it work? Here's a comment that says, one of the spookiest things I remember was the first time I used at AutoWired and the object was just there. How? With a ghosty emoji. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and um, you know, 
Autowired is still being used. Uh, it's being used implicitly in certain places. Um, but these days we definitely, you know, we favor constructor injection over something like field level injection, uh, unless you're like in a test. But yeah, if you want to learn more, check out the spring docs on at Autowired and you can learn a little bit more about dependency injection there and what at Autowired is doing. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. You know, and Simon actually has some really good repositories. And some, I think he's got a talk on Open Rewrite, what he's done At with DevOps. Raven and Gradle. Uh, yeah. So Simon is definitely a, a resource. Uh, I'm so glad that he's a part of this community. That, uh, so check out his Slack. He's got a yeah, lot of really cool stuff. That, that talk is on my playlist for my plane ride over to Barcelona. I have a lot of DevOps talks and Spring One talks that I want to catch up on, and that should be a good time to do. Because for whatever reason, I cannot sleep on planes, so that's going to be an interesting flight. <laughs> good luck. Good Thanks. Luck. I need it. Um, should I use Spring Boot Kafka or Revenant? That, that's uh, a good question. So here's a the the question is when you're building microservices, should I use Spring Boot Kafka? or RabbitMQ. And that, we'll go back to our, our friend, our Nate, the architect always says, it depends. Like, depends. what what's the use case, right? Yeah. Those, those serve different use cases. Um, you know, maybe in your organization, they say you have to use this one. Um, but there are different use cases for both Kafka and RabbitMQ, and you'll have to take a look at that to, to figure out yep. what. Some, some use cases, uh, they, they both can handle the use case the same. Yep. But, one of those dependencies is which infrastructure are you more comfortable with? Which one do you know how to configure better? Which one can you stand up easier? Do you have support for one or the other? Those should also influence your decision, right? If Kafka is not in the building and RabbitMQ yep. is, I'm going to point you towards RabbitMQ. Yep. All right. I think we're getting close to it. This has been fun. Like, wow. What yeah. a surprise. Spooky spring. We're, we we're going to do a better job of this next year. We'll have costumes on. We'll get some horror stories weeks in advance. We'll, a mental note has been taken. So Fantastic. This is great. So, yeah, let's get out of here. Like, you're going to have people yeah. knocking on your door any second asking for candy. Or, or yeah. You're going to get tricked. They're, they're going to be saying, trick or treat. Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of, uh, did you see the spooky uh, Apple announcement last night? The is it a matte black? Yeah. Is that what it was $500 yeah. difference to get it in matte black? Yeah. I've never been, I, I like, I've got a two year old MacBook that costs a lot of money and I'm ready to upgrade. I mean, I'm not going to because uh, I like being married. So, but uh, I, I, if I had some extra cash laying underneath the mattress, I, I probably would get one. So, yeah. Um, I'm an ARM64 fan. Uh, the, the announcement of the M3. Yep. That that resonates with me. Uh, yep. I might have uh, I have an M1, I have a, an M2, and I just think I need to round out the collection. <laughs> so, yeah, one, two, three. I mean, that sounds yeah. logical. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to work on what is coming next. I know I will be in Barcelona next week, so we'll see if so just be me. Deshaun... Maybe I'll get Simon to come in and, and join me for a show. That'd be great. Maybe you could talk open rewrite with Simon. Yeah, or, or Tim. Uh, I could, maybe I could get them both. Yeah, right. that'd be great. Yeah, let's let's see. Uh, send, so, send suggestions. What do you want to see next week? Let us yep. know. 
and then we're working on the following week, and then we'll be off the week of Thanksgiving, and then we'll be back the following week with a show on Spring Boot 3.2. So I'm excited about that. Uh, here's a, here's two, a good question. Two, question. Two minute of Spring Bootstrap. Is there any way to reduce that? I got two. I got two really good ways to reduce that. The first one is AOT processing, doing it all up front, build time, so you can have startup time, sub-second startup time. Most apps. Take a look at that. The other one is Project Crack. Using the uh, Azul JVM, you can do the same thing. You can do a checkpoint. So you start up your app. It takes two minutes to start up. You take a checkpoint at that point. You write the information from the JVM down to disk. And then you can say, hey, the next time I start this app, start from mm -hmm. that checkpoint. All your database yeah. connections are there. All of your cache is there. And you're good to go. Yeah. And again, sub-second start time. So you do have options. Yeah. I would love to walk you through those options. There's a video uh, uh, from Spring 1. Look at Spring Scaling to Zero with Spring yeah. uh, on the Spring 1 playlist on YouTube. Cool. All right. With that, uh, happy Halloween to everyone who is uh, trick-or-treating today. And with that, uh, we will see you. Thank you again for joining us here on the live stream. We love your questions. If you're able to check out springoffstars.io to check out the schedule of upcoming shows and the archive of previous ones, we'd love to have you come here and join us and ask your questions. There's also a button on there to go ahead and ask your questions. If you're joining us from a podcast and you won't be able to join a live show, you can ask your questions there we'll see if we can't get to them again if you're uh joining us on the live stream and you want the podcast you'll be able to get that on all the major podcast networks with that uh happy halloween everyone and we will see you in the next one Thank bye you. friends see ya